All right, welcome to this bonus episode of the Bootstrap Experience podcast, where uh, Jack and I are going to be chatting about the Shopify Unite London 2022 event that we were at last week. Great to see you again, Jack. Yeah, for sure. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a nice, uh, nice few days. It's always, there's one thing is the event itself, but then also just hanging out with everyone. And having done this for a few years, you sort of get to know a bunch of people. So it's, it feels like a bit of a reunion every time. That's cool. Yeah, this is my first Unite. This is really actually my first like Shopify event in general. So uh, there's a lot of uh, new people, a lot of people I talked to like on Twitter and things like that or through email over the years. So it was cool to actually meet all these people in person. Yeah, exactly. It's the same, you know, like you see a bunch of people on Twitter and an email. It's nice to finally have some time to to just chat. Yeah. But I, so one thing I discovered though is I'm really bad at identifying people through their Twitter avatars, even though it's a photo of them, like there were tons of people that I talked to that I did not realize who they were. Yeah. The worst example of that was someone that I had had a Zoom meeting with like the previous week. And I think I was just so overwhelmed with meeting all these new people I didn't recognize <laughs> at first. So it was embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think Twitter avatars are updated as often as they should be, right? So Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> For me, like if you're not wearing exactly what you're wearing in your avatar too, I'm not going to recognize you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> and for me, a bunch of people sort of came up, hey, you remember me? And it was, you know, like I've been to a bunch of Shopify events over the years. And, and of course, I remember a lot of people, but sometimes you've just got like this blank look on your face going, oh, man, oh, yeah. don't ask me to say what your name is, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, no, it was nice. It was, it was fun to chat to a bunch of people. I got over on, on the Sunday afternoon. The event was from Monday and Tuesday. But you guys held like a, a Unite pre-meetup, right? Yeah, this is like my spite event because I didn't get tickets to Unite. So I said, oh, I'll do my own meetup. And uh, <laughs> it turned out I got tickets to Unite in the end. But no, it was, it was cool. Yeah, basically it was sort of a, a one-day event. We did some talks, mastermind groups, drinks in the evening. It was like a whole day thing. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Oh, that's cool. Is that just uh, different people then that were attending that were presenting? Or were you presenting or how was the yeah. format? So I did intend to present and then got so overwhelmed with like getting everything together. Like I never had time to actually finish preparing a talk. So sure. <laughs> I did not present. Yeah. So we had um, we had three talks though, um, just from people that were attending. Yeah, it was actually, it was really good. So we had to talk about sort of app store opportunities. We had another one about app developer told the story of sort of how they grew to like 200K MRR. They just started like three years ago and mm -hmm. got to that level. So that was pretty wow. cool. And then um, specifically about one talk, which was so cool for uh, Shopify app developers, was just about calculating churn for Shopify app developers. Oh, wow. Was, I thought pretty helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to see that. Yeah. yeah. I think that's one of the really hard metrics to do correctly, right? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, nice. Cool. And then it was breakout into different sort of workshopping mastermind groups where they just chat and come up with something or... Yeah, exactly. So we paired everyone off into like groups of four just randomly and yeah, sort of chat about business, problems you're facing, that kind of thing. I did that over the summer with an event I attended and it was hugely beneficial for my business. Yeah. So I kind of want to do the same thing here with Shopify specific. Yeah, absolutely. I think mastermind groups are kind of cool. I think it depends if the yeah, on the people in the group, of course, and what their sort of background is. And I think if you grab a bunch of Shopify people, it could be really beneficial, right? Because it's so specific that going out to like a random mastermind group may not be that beneficial, right? But having a bunch of Shopify people running masterminds could be really interesting. Yeah, so actually, well, so the one I did earlier this summer was kind of random 
internet business owners. And that was actually really helpful. So there was there was SaaS people, there were marketing people, all this kind of stuff that had not that did not really know about Shopify. So it was actually really cool to get sort of different industries takes on like what I'm working on. Okay. But then yeah, the Shopify stuff was really super specific to Shopify and that was also incredibly helpful. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's interesting or, or good to get outside perspective sometimes as well, right? Because there's maybe obvious yeah. things that we just haven't haven't picked up on or missed. For sure. Yeah. But, oh, uh, nice. Yeah, all in all, it was a good meetup. Yeah, there's quite a few people as well, right? Yeah, we ended up, I think, at 45. Wow. Um, okay. So I was pretty, yeah, huh. uh, I was pretty surprised by that. And all in all, like it was, a, it was a lot of fun. I'm not like a social person. I don't normally do meetups and conferences and things like that. So this yeah. is actually like super helpful to sort of meet all these people in, in a different venue before Unite, which yeah. when I went to Unite, I already knew a bunch of people, like, you know, True. that kind of thing. It was, it was actually super helpful in the end. Yeah, absolutely. And I think being the one organizing it, it gives you an easy way to sort of chat to a lot of people, right? You've got something to talk exactly, about. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Nice. Cool. Yeah, and then, there's always something to do. Like, there's no those awkward moments where you're just sort of on your phone or something like that because you don't know anyone. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's always like a, a task to do, which was actually really helpful. Yeah, definitely. I remember the first Unites that I went to, I sort of, they were my first conferences, really. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was always too shy to really go over and say hi to people. But it's nice. Now people just come over. And of course, I see people that I already know or, or sort of, you know, right, people right. come into a group where I'm standing talking and then you meet new people that way. But, uh, you know, just sort of cold walking up to people and saying, hi, what do you do? And <laughs> that's just not yeah, not me, right? But yeah, it's good fun. And Unite itself, it was cool. It was in the tobacco dock, which I guess isn't that far from the London Bridge, the big old famous uh, bridge there. Yeah, It was yeah a bit off to the side, but I think it was a, a really cool venue. It was pretty big, but still sort of split up into different rooms. So you had like two workshop rooms, you had a partners lounge or no sponsors lounge i guess they call it where you could sort of hang out and also yeah. play some games and stuff and then there was the big auditorium where the main talks were being held yeah it was funny yeah it's cool i enjoyed the video someone was telling me that at least sometimes they also hold raves there which i thought was funny is that right yeah yeah i guess that would have been a cool venue for it lots of different yeah, places it's like you can a go warehouse around. type space yeah, yeah. exactly yeah, but with some character to it so it's not just like a big old right, room. Right. yeah and then what you like most about the event itself or the talks or what was going on there yeah, I mean, mostly for me, it was about meeting people, which was awesome. Just catching up with everyone. As far as the talks, I went to a few. I also sort of decided specifically to take this one easy. So rather than spend all day in talks, I sort of did every other one, you know, something like that, just yeah. to kind of decompress a little. But I liked they did the technical workshops. I thought that was really cool. So like getting to get like a guided walkthrough of the new checkout extensions and things like that. Yeah. Super helpful. Yeah. The think- talks were cool. The- you know, for anyone that's been to the Unite events before, this one's quite different, right? I guess it was really more like a developer focus, developer days or something like this. So there was like a lot of focus on getting into the nitty gritty. There was not the usual announcements that they usually have at the Unite because they were done at the Shopify editions already pre. So it was, it was really a lot of the content was around following up on the big announcements there and then getting down into the details and then holding workshops so you could actually go and try it out where somebody with Shopify walking you through the steps of sort of getting started. I didn't do any of the workshops because I didn't want to go to the event for it to work. <laughs> but right. but yeah. a lot of stuff was interesting, especially on the first day. I sort of went to all the main talks. Yeah, and th- I guess there was some sort of introductory talks by Dion who sort of went over mm-hmm. the whole thing and then they sort of talked about how much they're paying out to Shopify app developers and all this type of thing, right? It's $411 million a year they're paying out to Shopify developers now. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Like it's a a lot of 
It's a lot of money. <laughs> I think yeah. I, I tweeted out like, if I could only just get 1% of this, I think I'll be a very happy man. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah, so, so you went to some of the talks and then did you do some of the workshops, did you say? I did, yeah. I did the checkout extension workshop and then I yeah. did the themes workshop. So I just from conversations with Liam from Shopify at the Sunday event, he kept saying that we really need to support themes for Translate CI. And I guess I didn't quite realize how much localization themes use and how necessary it is. So I went to the theme workshop so I could learn a little bit more about how they're put together. And I actually just released theme support this morning. So it was super helpful. Perfect timing. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that'd be where they they take their theme and then they choose which languages and then that those translations get included in the final theme that they sell to people, right? Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. So a lot of them are localized and people have been telling me there's not really a good way to keep them up to date and that kind of thing. So it mm. seems like a logical thing to, to support. Yeah, absolutely. Do you then, are you able to do the same thing for just like a store's theme? Or is it if they come and upload a specific file or do you just grab it out of a store or something like that? How does it work? Yeah, so right now I'm just supporting sort of theme developers. So it's the same as every other Translate CI, like we hook into the Git repository. And okay, yeah. Do it that way. Yeah. Yeah, eventually, I mean, I guess you could probably do an individual stores theme. I just have to investigate that a little bit more. This is sort of V1 of theme support. Yeah. Well, Shopify now has the GitHub sync for all your themes, right? So That's what I was if, thinking, yeah. Yeah, so you wouldn't have to change that much. It's just where you're pointing. Yeah. Because that's just a GitHub repository. Whenever you do a commit, Shopify will sync that back to the store, right? Yeah, that is true. So yeah, I guess, yeah, this might just kind of work now. Mm. I'll just have to investigate that. Yeah, and I guess you could pitch it more to like towards agencies or, right. you know, not every store is using GitHub, but the more advanced or specialized stores would be, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that'd be cool. So uh, how about you? What were your like favorite talks and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I think my favorite talk was the one that was about the app design guidelines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was, it was a good talk as well because it was like a show of hands, uh, who thinks that this screen is correct and what about this one? What is it? Oh, is it correct or right? So it was sort of a, a bit of a game at the same time. I got all of them right, so I was really happy. <laughs> but nice. yeah, I thought that was really good and not because it was also nice to get the clarification that it's not something Shopify is going to force on you. It's just something that they recommend using as a resource. So they're not forcing you to apply by the guidelines, at least That's not good. yet. And there wasn't yeah. sort of a lot of thought about doing it yet. Do you think they'll use them for like ranking signals in the App Store or anything? Well, from what I got out of it, they aren't doing that yet. And I guess that okay. would be like a long-term thing. But I think it would be really hard because design is subjective. Right. And that's what they were sort of saying as well. So like they're saying, this is our way of thinking about apps and how we would recommend to do it. And they seem to realize that, of course, this isn't 100% of the time. So I think putting signals on it, maybe they can say, yeah, they can give it maybe a grade like, oh, yes, it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, four out of five or something like that. And then maybe they could use that as signaling. But again, like you have to ask them to review it again once you do an update or you know, like there's a big feedback loop on reviewing the app design of every app in Shopify, right? Right. Yeah. So I think from a, a both human resource perspective and the nature of design being subjective, I think it would be tough for them to use it. Maybe they can sort of, you know, use it for their staff picks. So when somebody's going in and going, hey, should we recommend this app? Oh, yeah, it meets also, the, you know, a lot of the design guidelines, then that's a positive signal for them choosing that app. I could imagine that's more the direction. 
I mean, I think I think they're great, especially for smaller developers. Like I remember launching in the App Store and Polaris, I think, had come out recently. And it was so nice to have those guidelines because I'm not like a UX expert. I can do something reasonable. Yeah. But just seeing how they do it and how they recommend it is just sort of having that resource you can always go to and say, well, this is kind of how it should be laid out, I think is super helpful. Yeah, exactly. And I love resources like that. I've talked about it before, you know, using the content guidelines as well. So it's not just the visual parts, but also the written parts that are super interesting. Right. So I like nerding out about UX and UI. I think that's the part about building products I enjoy the most. So for me, it's just a fun read to have a look and go, hmm, okay, yeah, what's the reasoning behind this? And does that make sense? Right. Or And I've had a sort of a skim through the app design guidelines, most of it, I guess, yeah, a quick half hour read sort of thing. And then I guess I agreed with most of it. So I don't see it as anything different than what we're trying to do. They're just sort of giving us really hard and fast rules that we can we can use right. to sort of say, right, are we meeting these? Yeah, uh, that's great. Yeah. One of the other things that was cool was the function stuff, just from a you know pure technical side. It's really limited, or it's not. Right now it runs on discounts on the checkout object, and then payments and shipping will come on the checkout object. So at the moment, the roadmap is really just checkout. So I don't see it being something that I'm going to be building on, but it'd be interesting to watch sort of long-term how much of it they open up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I thought that it seemed really cool. I just saw limited use for it right now, but I think that it seems like they've got a lot of weight behind it. They're making a push, and I think in a year or so, this could be a really cool way to build apps. Yeah, exactly. And the interesting part was they sort of they showed this slide where you got front end, back end, and then database. And we've already got sort of ability to customize the front end, you know, through themes and liquid and everything else in the storefront API and so forth. And then the database, we've got ability to sort of customize using the APIs. So we're talking with a database there, really. Mm -hmm. But the backend logic is the part that we've never been able to customize. And that's where functions is sort of thought in. So we'll be able to customize the entirety of Shopify at some point. Right. I'm sure there'll be more restrictions on the backend logic you can push into Shopify than most other things, I'd imagine, which makes sense. Yeah. But I, it's cool to see that they're focusing on opening up the entire platform. I just remember doing A-B testing and sort of a lot of the functionality of the app was working around the ability to not customize the backend or the inability to customize the backend. So yeah. I can see functions being, like if I had had functions back then and they'd been rolled out a little bit more, man, it would have made my job a lot easier and probably yeah. better, tighter integration with Shopify, which would have been really nice. Yeah, exactly. And seeing the performance sort of requirements that they put on the scripts and everything else was, was right. pretty wild. They have to sort of complete within five milliseconds or something. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, it's pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there were some other small, must be deterministic, no access to the file right. system. The actual WASM binary head must be less than 256 kilobytes. And I think that one is going to stop a lot of, like you can't build a Ruby WebAssembly script in less than 256 kilobytes. So it just rules okay. out Ruby, right? Interesting. Because I think it packages down the entire instruction set for running that code, right? So it depends. Yeah, so they were talking a lot about Rust, <laughs> which mm -hmm, apparently yeah. is probably the smallest way of doing it. But okay. that was cool. And then on the second day, I, I wish I'd caught more of the talks, but I got up a bit late and then was preparing for my uh, panel talk in the afternoon as well. But there's some, there was, I guess that was the more sort of partner-given right. talks. So I know Matt Sosa is that? I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that. DS Maddie on um, mm -hmm. on Twitter anyway. He gave a cool talk about uh, apps. Rianne from Ventov gave a, a talk about sort of bootstrapping versus uh, venture capital, where she's done, she's doing both. Yeah, and what else was it? Ah, yeah. And then there was my panel talk in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was fun. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was a bit nerve wracking, but I guess a tequila shot before you get on stage always wakes you up a bit. <laughs> <There> you <go. laughs> 
Yeah. It was funny. We we're talking with Irene from Shopify, who was uh, organizing sort of us anyway. Mm-hmm. And we were just sort of laughing the day before as we met up and, and talked what we we're going to talk about or the format of it and just saying hi to everyone. So, oh, yeah. And somebody mentioned, oh, we should do shots before we get on there. And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we turn up and she's got them all lined up. So oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we had to do it. But uh, luckily, it was actually uh, a really nice tequila. So it was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The one guy on your panel, I did not know the YouTube channel, Coding with Jan. That's like a super cool resource I didn't know about. Yeah, exactly. It was a really nice guy as well. I, I really enjoyed chatting with him. He was really excited about doing the talk and everything. But yeah, young guy who runs a YouTube channel, right, for yeah. teaching freelancers. And then part of his bootcamp course that you can sort of sign up and attend teaches, yeah, people sort of the basics of coding and then also gets into the basics of Shopify, how to build a store, how to or how to set up a store, how to customize the themes, or like install themes and basic customization. So trying to, yeah, uptrain people to be able to become freelancers. It's a yeah. super niche thing, right? I felt a bit bad because there wasn't a lot of questions for him, but I think that's because it's so different to what a lot of our, all the rest of us do, right? Yeah, I think so. It's funny, like we had a conversation sort of on the side of that I was talking with Blair from Taito, and we're talking about how like it's hard to find developers in the Shopify ecosystem because there's so many great developers that just don't know the Shopify ecosystem and the API and stuff like that. And it's like, do you hire, like, do you limit your hires to people that know Shopify? And this resource can be great for sort of, you know, you're already a developer wherever, you know, maybe you're a Ruby on Rails developer, but it's great to have sort of a boot camp or whatever to understand how to develop for Shopify. And I think that's a a really useful resource. Yeah, absolutely. There was a question actually on the panel about sort of finding good, hiring good people. And that's probably the question I'd answered the worst, right? (laughs) Because I don't have a lot of experience, but I guess the main thing for me is, you know, trying to find somebody with Shopify experience is such a advantage, right? Because just getting them into the mindset of how store works and how the APIs all fit together and all that stuff, stuff. There's a lot of knowledge to be learned there. So it almost, yeah, you know, chicken and the egg. <laughs> well, that's the bonus of like doing the podcast and being active on Twitter and stuff too. Like you have a bigger network of these specific people. So, yeah. I mean, I think that's a totally reasonable answer is expanding your personal network among Shopify developers is super useful for that. Yeah, absolutely. And also you get to know who's doing the same types of things as you, right? As far as like technology goes when you're on Twitter and, and yeah. finally you can sort of chat at the events and get a bit more into the details. So I met Dan Gamble, who has been developing the Polaris view components for Rails gem. Yeah, on GitHub and open sourced it. And we've been using that in a lot of our development. I know Kirill's been working on that a lot as well and really Mm -hmm. making it cool. But yeah, it was fun to sort of finally be able to meet Dan at the event and say hi and thanks. And, you know, like it was so much fun to finally put, yeah, move from the Twitter sphere to the actual real world is nice. Yeah. It was a lot of that. It was, yeah, it was a lot of fun kind of doing that with people. Yeah, exactly. But also, like, if Dan ever found himself wanting a new job, then, you know, it would make sense for him to talk to me, which is great, right? Yeah. Or vice versa. You <laughs> things go really horribly wrong for me. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny, though. I, I kind of thought of, I, I was kind of thinking about that, like, the last couple of weeks is, like, it's kind of nice, like, sort of realizing, like, just kind of building this network and meeting people in the Shopify ecosystem, like, I always kind of joke I've been unemployable since I've gone out on my own. But really, like the nice thing is sort of if you embed yourself in communities like this, if I ever needed to or wanted to quit going out on my own, like 
I could find a job, you know what I mean? Without yeah. having to go to, I don't even know what job sites people use anymore. <laughs> Absolutely. Like that is, it's helpful. Like getting, getting involved is a very useful thing to do, you know, aside from just being fun. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of the people I met at Unite as well, you know, some of them was like, hey, oh, I'm at this other company now, or, you know, I've moved over to this, right. this agency or whatever, right? And it's all a little world where people hop around and, you know, you see the same person, but they might be working for different companies all within the same community. Yeah, for sure. I do see that a lot. Which yeah. Is cool. Yeah. Nice. And then, yeah, so I finished off on the Tuesday and then there was a wonderful drag bingo in the evening. Yes. Yeah, that was fun. That was amazing. Yeah, Yeah. it was so well done, right? It's cool when you go to a place where it's just from start to finish, they've thought about all the details and they make it fun. And it was a bit of an experience in a good way. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I I really enjoyed it. Yeah, Ah, nice. And then I guess you live in London now, so you didn't have to travel home or anything. No, no, it's half hour away from me. Yeah, Ah, nice. I got home late and then had to get up early to fly home again to... uh, Ah. We're hosting our 70th birthday at our house a surprise party oh, that wow. evening on the Wednesday. So I had to sort of yeah, get up way too early. But yeah, so right. I took Thursday off and then I feel like I'm back in action now. But like with all the Shopify events, it's it's like the highlight of my year usually. So I really, really love going to them. And no matter what the programming's like, or this one was probably more tech heavy or like workshop heavy than I would normally attend, I guess. But that wouldn't stop me from going again, right? The talks are still useful. The hanging out with people is fun. And then all the stuff afterwards is great fun as well. So all in all, a good event for me. Yeah, for sure. It was definitely, I'd say kind of the best thing about it for me was I've been, you know, plugging away on Translate CI for quite a while now. And it's been slow going as we've talked about. And the sort of level of validation at Unite was crazy. Like I've booked so many meetings from it onboarded new customers by the second day people were grabbing me being like hey you're the guy that does translations right yeah like that was really cool yeah and i think it was just a matter of getting it in front of the right people and yeah like i feel like this is getting translate ci finally fully off the ground which is fantastic makes me definitely want to do more of these yeah yeah absolutely yeah especially for something where translations is becoming a bit of a you know where you can like this year hasn't been super good for growth, at least from what I understand of my own situation mm-hmm. and a lot of other people I spoke to. So it's been like small growth and being able to translate the listings and everything else is like those extra percent that you can get to level up. Right. So I think people are definitely interested in whatever tools that can make that easier for them because it is becoming necessary to sort of keep growing and so forth. Yeah. I might be biased because some of the Shopify translations guy, I guess, but I overheard a lot of conversations around localization and things like that at United seem to be on everyone's mind, which is pretty interesting Um, because it wasn't a year ago. No, no, uh, absolutely not. I guess a year ago, people were just trying to keep up, right? Right. Yeah. 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 But I guess that gives us a good segue into some other stuff that actually was sort of announced the day after Unite, which is the App Store listing changes that are coming soon. Yeah. First of November. It was interesting to decide to wait till the day after. Yeah. Sort of everyone was recovering and this dropped. And yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool, though. I, I'm a big fan of these. Yeah, me too. I think I like the, the changes look good, right? Yeah. Yeah. It simplifies it. I'm guessing most people that are listening to the episode have looked at like a mock-up of what it will look like. Right. But yeah, simplifying, removing a lot of the, you know, the giant wall of text for the description, adding in. Are they doing away with the benefits? They are, right? 
Yeah, they are, but they're kind of, they're adding a features list. That's so right. I think, yeah, I think that'll kind of replace that. Yeah, yeah. And I like that, you know, so you can highlight and they'll format it nicely. Because I think once you'd sort of scroll past the first section on the current Shopify app store listing, the rest of it was just buried in the description that nobody expanded, right? Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. You put your own bullet lists in there and so forth, so. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they come up with. But one of the other fields there is saying which languages your app is available in. So they're sort of bringing that to the main listing. And what I think is even cooler than that is that they list what languages your app offers support in. So it was a requirement that, you know, for example, if you had a French language app that you had to be able to handle support in French. And there wasn't a really great answer to that before other than, you know, use Google Translate until you're big enough and then hire a rep that can support that language. Now, you can just say, hey, we only offer support in French That's or in English that's known before they install the app and yeah. now it's no longer an issue. And then once you get to the point, then you can you know expand later if you need to. But, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then I think you can come a long way if you do find you're getting a lot of new customers in those languages. You can always translate your help site and everything else, right? Which is right. going to be yeah. a pretty expensive endeavor based on the number of words usually in a help article and doing that is true yeah yeah so i think you'd wait until you've got you know quite a large user base if possible but i would think so yeah yeah but yeah i think it's good changes i'm surprised that they're coming now because it feels like it wasn't that long ago since we last did this thing i haven't looked up the date but yeah about a year i think right Yeah. yeah yeah and then they're recategorizing the app store at the same time so changing the categories again Ah, I don't know much about that. So what are they doing with that? Well, I've only seen sort of coming soon or 1st of November, they'll be uh, recategorizing all of the apps again. And you're allowed to choose one main category. And then you're allowed to pick, I'm not sure how many secondary categories, but you're allowed. So you, you sort of, so this is the main one it should be in. And then you can say, yes, it is relevant for these other ones. And then changing the categories triggers a app review by the Shopify team as well. So that you're not just sitting there testing to see, you know, placing yourself in the wrong category to see if you get more installs anyway. I always wonder, like, so I know like categories are important for you because you rank towards the top of a lot of, you know, the good categories. Like, I never did. I was always, you know, on the 80th page if you're just browsing through the app store. (laughs) And so I never cared about the categories. I, I wonder, like, I wonder what percent of like app developers this affects. I'm curious. Yeah, you know, I guess I just wonder how many app developers are getting installs through people browsing rather than searching. Yeah, but I think that the question is really like, what's the difference in not being found in the categories to right. only being found by search, right? And if you look at, there's quite a big difference as well, like depending on if you are found on the first page, then there's a big jump in installs. Whereas if you're not found at all, then you just lose that. You don't get that traffic at all. Yeah. So it's like another channel opening up a different channel that you wouldn't have otherwise. Interesting. We can quickly, so, yeah, okay. It's not a lot. 64 installs over a month for one of my apps, which compared to search is a lot smaller. Right, yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. But it used to be higher before they changed to these, uh, the current categories. Okay. Yeah. So I think they kind of killed categories when they came up with these, the latest set, because at least from my point of view, I find the wording requires that you're extremely into e-commerce to understand the categories, right? Yeah, 
I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah, a layman wouldn't come in there and understand what fulfillment records are, for example. Right. So I think they kind of shot themselves in the foot on that one. And now hopefully they're sort of adjusting to a more simple categorization. Have they revealed what the new categories are yet? Or you just got to go look November 1st and put yourself wherever? Not sure, to be honest. Yeah, good question. I just remember seeing it sort of posted somewhere. I think it was in gotcha. the, the help article that just explains the upcoming listing changes. I think there's a mention of it there. Okay. Yeah. But I guess it's always big news when our playground is being changed, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, our main channel goes through change and we have to sort of adjust and, and hope that it's better than before. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, overall, it seems like they've just gotten better over the years with uh, the occasional misstep. But hopefully, yeah. I mean, I think they're definitely moving in the right direction, getting rid of that long description. And it's funny, I look at a lot of long app descriptions on the Shopify App Store and like 60% of them, I feel like, are just keyword stuffing below that yeah. link you have to expand. So, Absolutely. you know, just get rid of it. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think in the end, Shopify basically turned down the weight of the description as far as like keyword ranking goes because it was just keyword stuff, right? So they just go, oh, well, whatever yeah. the description is talking about, we're not really going to consider relevant. We're going to look more at like app name tagging and all that type right. of stuff. But it'd be interesting to see how they display the information in the list view, right? So before you jump into the app, because they're removing the old tagline of like 60 characters or whatever it was. So you have the right. app name and then you got the tagline. And that tagline is now a lot longer. Yeah, I'm not sure. It will be interesting. I think it's 100 characters, so maybe not a lot. Longer, oh, okay. But you can see it by going to the app listing page of an app. So like going to edit the app listing, you'll see the new version, all the new fields there already. And it's got like do's and don'ts. Yeah. One thing I saw I think is interesting, I just happened to see this on Twitter earlier, is that some people are saying that they're cracking down on sort of generic app names. Yeah. I'm curious to see what they're, or I guess what the effect of that is. I know it just used to be a way to sort of, the title was so strong in search rankings. That, yeah. But it then still what is. I notice is as a result, yeah, and that's one thing I notice is that, I mean, if you go into a category, there'd be 50 apps with almost the exact same name, maybe a punctuation point different or something. Yeah. And, uh, so I feel like this is a good thing, but I guess people are worried that whoever sort of grabs that name first, yeah. those keywords is going to have a big advantage. I'm, I'm just curious. Like, I don't know. Well, it's 100% right. Like, Shopify weight the app name so heavily in the search results that to be relevant in a search result, you have to rename your app to be generic. Yes. So, you know, and yeah, that's why now, that. so, and that's only happened within the last year, I'd say. Before that, you could have something that was, it was more the, the tagline that seemed to rank it. But now right. the, the app name is just super strong that if you don't include your main keyword in the app name, you're not showing up, basically. Well, maybe when they lengthen the tagline, they might go back to ranking that higher. I hope so. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I did so. that like way back when. So my app was sort of like a brand name. And then I just, I just changed it slightly to mm. sort of include my keyword. And uh, yeah, and exactly. Keywords. And it hugely increased my search traffic at the time. It was like five years ago, but I yeah. get it. Like, yeah. And I, one of my apps is kind of in gray territory, I'd say. You mm. know, orderly emails, orderly print, no problem. That's a name. Right. Some of the other apps, Auto Printer Pro, I think, is fine. That's a name. Yeah. Auto Printer Templates might need to trademark that one. <laughs> right. Because then it is a name. Yeah. I suppose that's always an option, right? Yeah. You know, and it's not that expensive. So it also means other people can't bid on those same keywords or on that exact phrase, anyway, on App yeah. Store ads, for example. So that's an interesting one that kills me is that when I look at apps, like I find I don't have that app anymore, obviously, but I still like, if I look at like competing apps now, like they all use 
my old app name in their description somewhere. And I'm sure just for search traffic and stuff like that. If I still own the app, I would probably trademark that name just because of those kind of issues and just get rid of them. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a bit of a <laughs> bit of a gray zone, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what's next for you then? What are you working on at the moment? You're doing the theme. Yeah. Busy, busy. Tons of meetings, getting all these people onboarded. I feel like the next like six to eight weeks is kind of make or break for Translate CI. It's like, do these people actually come through and become customers? Is it still like a nice to have, but I'm not really serious type thing? Like, hey, yeah. we'll find out. This is actually really cool. Like either it's going to be validated and I'm going to be at a level where I feel like this is paying off or mm. I'm not. And, you know, that's yeah. good. At least I'll know. Indications are, I think, that this is going to hit a nice MRR level in the next two months. So all this hard work will pay off. So yeah, it's exciting. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. It's fun. And it's cool to see that you've got sort of a, a clear clear idea. You're sort of seeing the end of the tunnel, right? For sure, yeah. And I think, so one thing I'll mention, because I think this is while we're on break, but I totally redid the website for Translate CI. Okay. Just to explicitly niche down to just Shopify app devs. Got testimonials on there from a couple of customers, things like that. And so I think that's helped quite a bit. And now I'm just, yeah, really only focusing on Shopify apps. And I think that's, I feel like I got lucky because now Shopify app is pushing the localization. And so it, it may pay off. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Shopify released their own translate app, right? Free. They did. Yes. That's yeah. crazy. That's really cool. And I hear it's really good. Yeah. I mean, I quickly just sort of looked over the, the help articles for it and stuff. I haven't installed it, but it definitely looks like it does the job. It was pretty much what I would have been building. Yeah. 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 For sure. Interestingly, they didn't do anything regarding like adding the widget to your website or anything like that. So just, which is where I sort of felt I hit a roadblock or at least hit a wall where I didn't want to try and mess with it. Right. Right. So I guess it proves that you could have done it without, well, I don't know. That was about a year ago, right? I did this or even earlier. And I think at that point, a lot of themes didn't have like language picker and where it's like standardized in all the themes now. So they all work in the same way and and it's kind of handled. But yeah, Yeah, cool to see them coming out with a a cool little app. So how about you? What do you got coming up? Yeah, I've been chasing. Yesterday, Shopify had an emails issue. They've also put out like this. So yeah, the day was lost on that. And then I feel like I'm sort of, you know, chasing little things that just pop up all the time. You know, they just release some recommended performance improvements for your apps. So working on that or looking into that at least. But otherwise, yeah, my task for the month other than Unite has been to actually translate. So I'm glad I didn't pay for translations before (laughs) these new fields appeared. (laughs) Because I think what I'll do is, you know, put out the English version and then optimize on that first to see, okay, well, what do I need to change to improve rankings if possible or whatever. And then once I have a polished version of that one, that's what I'll get translated. Yeah, that is funny. That's the, that's the slight bummer of the situation for me is that a couple of people have said like, okay, we definitely want to use you for the yeah. uh, listings, but we're going to wait till after November, which I get, you know, but yeah. Yeah, definitely. I thought about you when that came out and I know you'd also built like a, how to say, like a, a little scraper or something for the for the app store, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's got to be redone. And that's okay. Sense. I just that's need to, I just have to update it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's another thing to do. Yeah. 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 We'll see. Day two, we'll support the new listings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it'll be quick. And then what else am I working on? Yeah, designing the newer app. I think we're on the home stretch now. So we've got sort of a a little email web page editor to go and then translations, you know, supporting translations of the content within the app. And then mm-hmm. I think we'll be ready to sort of beta test it shortly after. We want to make, the big question is, do we now that Shopify ranks embedded apps higher 
do we need to redo our entire app kit to run embedded still? Right. Yeah. Especially with that new AppBridge full page option, it's so easy to break out now and make it full page where you need to. I can see that. Yeah. Being yeah. a good way forward. Yeah. Do we know like how much being embedded affects the rankings? Has anyone ever looked at that that you know of? I don't know it, but I'm sure somebody listening has maybe tried it. So we'd love to hear it. I know that it is it is quite significant amount. Yeah. Okay. So maybe that's instead of doing the app design guidelines, they're just going, well, is it embedded? Then they're most likely following some type of guidelines, right? Right. But yeah, we'll see. But then <laughs> they came out with these uh, recommended performance improvements and it just shows the added complexity you need to include in your code base and in your mental model just to sort of make it work nicely. You know, like it's about this whole sort of, if you're embedded and need to go out to one of the Shopify pages, like the payments, but like your approval page or whatever, how can you skip some of the redirects that currently happen? And then, yeah, before you sort of check on the front end, if they loaded the app outside of the embedded, then it would first load and then realize it's not embedded and then jump to the embedded version of the page. So it's like a double load of the same page. Anyway, so right. they're trying to do away with those extra redirects and sort of flickering. And to do that, it's, it just adds so much complexity where if they just popped out into a fresh page, you yeah. wouldn't need it, right? So I love the simplicity of AppKit at the moment, but I kind of realize at the same time, we will need to do some work to make it embedded. Interesting. That's a shame to have to go back and redo that, but I'm sure yeah. it might be worth it. But I think it'll also simplify some things. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I think we need to test it out. Maybe it's worth running a test to see you know, what's the app ranking change if we're embedded or not embedded. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's uh, so yeah, designing on that. And then we launched a new website uh, a couple of weeks ago. So we're just uh, tying up some nice. loose ends on that. Yeah, looking at some of our other websites and seeing if we can sort of merge them over into the main one. That was really cool. It was nice. I like the new design. It's similar, has a similar feel to before, but much more friendly now. So before it was very clean cut and, you know, whereas now it includes some more colors and some nice shapes and stuff. And it was fun. We built it on Shopify. So it's a store. Each of the apps is a, oh, is right. a product. Uh, product in the store That's and then we cool. use uh, meta fields to like custom meta fields to include the installation link and all this type of stuff so yeah it's good fun to build using shopify and sort of get to use the product as well yeah that sounds cool yeah, yeah. so otherwise i'm just trying to keep the wheels on <laughs> <laughs> yeah i get it yeah yeah but i guess yeah we've been going on for almost an hour now so i guess unless you have something you want to add no uh yeah i think uh I think I'm good. Yeah, it's been a it's been a crazy summer vacation and uh, ready to get back yeah. to it. How was your summer? Well, it was a lot of work for me, but uh, still okay. just enjoy. I saw a lot of enjoying London. Like I, I didn't, I haven't traveled really around Europe too much yet, but yeah. um, really just getting to enjoy the city has been awesome. And uh, yeah, I love yeah, it. It's kind of a more working summer for me than past summers, but yeah, you know, I think it'll be worth it once Translate CI is there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I guess you know. Holidays and non-holidays aren't that different from each other, always, right? Yeah, uh, right, right. <laughs> which is kind of nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, cool. Well, let's leave it there. Uh, thanks for listening, right. and uh, we'll yeah talk to you soon. Cheers, mate. All right. See ya.